Last night, it was reported that a Chinese destroyer fired a military laser at a U.S. Navy airship. Now, it wasn't a weapon itself. That's my understanding. But it was still reckless and could have caused damage or harm to the people involved. It's just another example of the United States and China butting heads and getting dangerously close to war or some kind of conflict. China has been pressing to gain control of certain parts of the South China Sea. And basically, no one agrees they have the right to do this. But the U.S. and China have butted heads in this area several times in the past few years. This is another example of the problem we are facing with the growing threat of China. And it's being ignored by many people in our country and around the world. Now, of course, the European Union has stated one of their goals is to counteract the growth of China. That's why they want to form the Union, at least one of the reasons. But in the U.S., for several decades, we've handed over economic power, our manufacturing straight to China to build labs, to build manufacturing plants. And now it's backfiring. There are certain global phenomena happening that I can't talk about, but we'll leave for another video, starting in China, particularly in Wuhan. And now we are seeing that all of this manufacturing we gave away, it's backfiring on us because we can't produce certain supplies we need. More importantly, however, it's not the choices that we made as a country, but the fact that China has been exploiting the United States, infiltrating our universities and stealing our intellectual property. We've been in a major global conflict with the rising superpower that is China in Africa and in South America, in the South China Sea, and now in the United States. Several academics have been arrested. This is the craziest thing. We have had several stories about U.S. professors being arrested and accused of hiding relationships with Chinese universities, all because they want money. The story became pretty big when a Harvard professor, I believe it was Harvard, was arrested and accused of lying to the United States. They accused him of taking hundreds of thousands of dollars from China and, and essentially giving away our secrets and our research. China is a growing threat. They have mass camps full of Muslims. They do horrifying things to these people. And we have been sitting around doing nothing for the longest time. If something isn't done, and I don't know what is to be done, we're in serious trouble. Now, of course, Trump is enacting the trade war with tariffs. We've also got the U.S. Department of Justice going after these professors who are in on the take with China, giving away our secrets. The latest story, a U.S. professor is arrested, accused of hiding his relationship with the Chinese university. We have a lot of stories like this. Unsurprisingly, however, is that House Democrats are accusing the National Institute of Health and the FBI of racially profiling people because they're concerned about espionage. I'm not going to tell you where to draw the line, but I can't say I'm surprised to hear that Democrats are outraged. The FBI would be going after potential spies because national nationality and ethnicity have an overlap. I don't know what to tell you, but let's do this. Let's get started with this story. The latest breaking news from uh, from just last night, the professor who was arrested. And this is not the first. There have been a string of academics who have been arrested because the Chinese Communist Party, their government has been infiltrating our universities and stealing our research and our intellectual property. However, before we get started, head over to timcast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are several ways you can give, but the best thing you can do is just share this video. I, this, is, this is an attempt at breaking echo chambers, as I often say, but this, this should be fairly, I don't know, bipartisan, I guess. You've got foreign government coming to our universities and stealing from us and people in America agreeing to do it, breaking the law to do it. I'd imagine a lot of people should be concerned about this, and I'm hoping they are. 
This is not another video where I'm going to complain about the political parties. I want to talk about something more serious, an existential threat for our country in general and every single person inside of it. The other thing I'll say is many of you haven't subscribed to this channel. So if you do like this content, want to see more, hit that subscribe button, click the notification bell, new videos every day at 4 p.m. Let's read the first story from The Hill. They report an associate professor at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, who was receiving funding from NASA, has been arrested and charged by federal authorities with hiding his relationship with a Chinese university. The Justice Department said Thursday in a press release that An Ming Hu was arrested and charged with three counts of wire fraud and three counts of lying to investigators. He is accused of hiding his relationship with the Beijing University of Technology while working with NASA on a project a violation of federal laws that prevent NASA from providing funding for projects in collaboration with the Chinese government or Chinese university system. It wasn't clear what interest the Beijing university had with whose project or the nature of the project itself. Pages containing information about whose work with UTK had been deleted from the school's website by Thursday evening. Who allegedly committed fraud by hiding his relationship with a Chinese university while receiving funding from NASA, said Assistant Attorney General John Demers. This is just the latest case involving professors or researchers concealing their affiliations with China from their American employers and the U.S. government. We will not tolerate it. The United States Attorney's Office takes seriously fraudulent conduct that is devised to undermine federally mandated funding restrictions related to China and Chinese authority universities added U.S. Attorney J. Douglas Overbay in the press release. The University of Tennessee has cooperated with the investigation, and the U.S. Attorney's Office values the university's assistance in this matter. If convicted, who faces up to 20 years in prison and a maximum fine of $250,000 for each of the three wire fraud cases? This is not the first time we have heard of this in recent history, in the past couple of months. And what's alarming to me, is that so many people, I'll I'll just, I'll I'll leave the partisanship out of this to the best of my ability. But many people are ignoring this, downplaying it, or acting like we're doing something wrong for going after this. It was Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, and yes, the establishment Republicans before Trump, who were in favor of the Trans-Pacific Partnership. For decades, manufacturing in this country has been extracted. Labor and value from this country has been outsourced to foreign countries. And now we are reaping the backfiring of this practice. When we need supplies, when we needed to order masks from China, from, from factories that were owned by American companies, what did the Chinese government say? They said, turn those ships around. We need those resources more. So what is the capability of the United States to produce masks for its own citizens? Should we sit idly by while our ability to be self-sufficient is given away to, to, to foreign countries? And should we sit idly by while they infiltrate our universities and take our research? The problem I see is that too many politicians were enriching themselves. They didn't care about this country. They didn't care about community. They thought about what they can do in the short term to make a ton of money. And this was it. And now we are reaping the rewards. I'm being facetious. It's it's a net negative. But this is what we get for allowing it to happen for so long. This is a story from February 19th. Harvard professor's arrest raises questions about scientific openness. Really? Really, NPR? Openness? Here was a guy who was essentially giving away our universities, our our research secrets. Funding from the U.S. government was going to these projects, and he was effectively giving them to China without telling the U.S. government and then lying about it. That's a big difference between being open I certainly think academic openness is great. Sharing of knowledge is excellent. Not when it's one-sided and favoring a company that, can, that commits horrifying atrocities. 
NPR said, until late last month, Charles Lieber lived the quiet life of an elite American scientist. His lab at Harvard University researched things like how to meld tiny electronics with the brain. In his spare time, he grew award-winning pumpkins in front of his house. And then on January 28th, the FBI came knocking on his door. Now Lieber faces charges of trading knowledge for money and lying about it. Prosecutors allege he set up a lab in China in exchange for hundreds of thousands of dollars in payments from the Chinese government and then denied knowledge of those payments to U.S. investigators. Mind you, this is not the Chinese government. It's the Chinese Communist Party that runs everything. Lieber's attorney, Peter Levitt, declined to talk to NPR about the allegations. But others watching the case say it raises important questions about ethics, scientific openness, and possible racial profiling in an era of geopolitical tension. Quote, this is a big, big case, says Frank Wu, a professor at the University of California, Hastings College of Law, who tracks Chinese espionage cases. This is a case that's all about U.S.-China relations. It's about competition. It's about how science should be done. The Lieber case centers on a Chinese recruitment program called the Thousand Talents Plan. It was started by the Chinese government in 2008, primarily as a way to draw Chinese researchers back to China, according to Michael Lahr, the deputy director of extramural research at the National Institutes of Health. The Chinese government wanted to bring back outstanding scientists to China so as to develop their science and technology. Over time, the project began to recruit Western scientists as well. Researchers were asked to set up labs in China and spend at least part of their time doing work there. In exchange for grants and expenses paid, some relocated, re- relocated to China, but others split their time between their home institutions and a Chinese university. I want you to stop and think about what this means for the future of the world. America is one of the most progressive countries in the history of the planet that has enacted more civil rights law to protect marginalized groups than any other country in the world. And China is, let's just say, overtly bigoted. Recently, there's been a big, there were many controversies related to corporate and, and, you know, corporate institutions like the NBA, for instance and them ponying up to communist China, ignoring their horrifying atrocities because they wanted to make money from that country. China is spying on us. They're spying on our research. They are recruiting our academics and everyone is just giving in because the sweet dollar is worth more than freedom, liberty, and progressive causes. And this to me is what's scary. As celebrities and major companies bend the knee to China because they want that sweet Skrilla, you may get that short-term gain today. But what's the long term result? China has a camp filled with a million people who are facing atrocities. China is lying about the problems their country is facing. China is extracting our resources, and we've sat by and accepted it because of, without naming names, some of these famous NBA stars who say, oh, we shouldn't badmouth China. You don't want to get someone hurt because they want money. And that's been a problem for too long. You know, you don't have to be a staunch nationalist to realize we should not be supporting a country that does the horrifying things they have done in the past and continue to do to this day. But this is what's really scary. The tacit defense. Oh, but we're just trying to share knowledge and be open. Just like when that video game company, just like when the NBA said, well, but you know, we got customers in China. They censor the news. They violate civil liberties. They are not someone to be praised for any reason. And yet Bernie Sanders actually praised them. That to me is shocking. But there has been a lot going on. American universities are a soft target for Chinese spies, say U.S. intelligence officials. 
University of Texas professor Bo Mao is the latest defendant in a string of U.S. criminal cases alleging Chinese spying in the academic world. This story from February 2nd. What is happening has been happening for a very, very long time. I don't need to show you every single case, but trust me when I say it has. November 20th, 2019, Chinese infiltration of U.S. labs caught science agencies off guard. China has diverted U.S. government funds to bolster its military and economic aims, a U.S. Senate panel says. The Democrats in the debate called out what China was doing to the Uyghur Muslims. It's about time we stop allowing these things to happen. We put our foot down and stand up to what China is doing. Whether you like the president or not, he's at least trying to do that in some ways with the trade war. Of course, he's been criticized because that's how politics work in this country. I'm not going to talk about the direct results or the plan. I'm just going to say, I don't care who you are, which side of the fence you're on, who, which, which party you support. We have heard criticisms from both Democrats and Republicans that are completely apt, that should be, that should be paid attention to, and we shouldn't allow this to continue because it is worse than you probably realize. Pompeo warns governors of Chinese info, uh, warns governors of Chinese infiltration into U.S. It's happening in your state. Let me go back to that first story I was showing you. House Democrats launch probe into NIH and FBI suspecting Chinese Americans of espionage. They're concerned, and I think it's fair. They're concerned that U.S. law enforcement and U, uh, federal agencies are targeting people simply for being Chinese, and I am certainly no fan of that. But I must protest at least a little bit. You do realize the overwhelming majority, like 99.999% of China is Chinese, right? And if we're concerned about Chinese infiltration, we're going to be investigating people who have ties to China. It's not an issue of racial profiling. It's more an issue of national identity. And these are serious issues. Perhaps many of you are globalists. You think it's stupid. Fine. That's fine too. But China doesn't share that sentiment with you, and they will burn everything to the ground to get what they want. This is the problem with international conflict. Of course, we don't want to go to war. I'm sure China doesn't either. But both sides want their culture to be pervasive and take over the planet so they can get what they want and enrich themselves and empower themselves. There's probably no real hard solution. And this may come to serious military conflict, which is why I started with the video uh, with I'm sorry, with the story of the lazing of a U.S., uh, what is it, a P-8A? Uh, uh, it's a patrol, patrol aircraft, kind of like a 747. Let's read a little bit of the story from Fox News. And then I'm going to show you something pretty, uh, I guess, pretty alarming. It's been going on for a long time. We have stories going back years about this. China's Communist Party has infiltrated various levels of America's infrastructure and is working to destroy the values of the United States, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said during a speech Saturday while also warning state governors to be wary of China's infiltration. We can't ignore China's actions and strategic intentions, he said, while addressing the the National Governors Association winter meeting. The Chinese government has been methodical in the way it's analyzed our system. It's assessed our vulnerabilities, and it's decided to exploit our freedoms to gain an advantage over us at the federal level, the state level, and the local level. Competition with China is happening. It's happening in your state. In fact, I'd be surprised if most of you in the audience had not been lobbied by the Chinese Communist Party directly. He said groups loyal to communist China are operating out in the open in Virginia, Minnesota, Florida, and dozens of other states all around the country. Other Chinese groups, however, practice their nefarious actions in the shadows in an attempt to exercise influence over U.S. citizens and lawmakers. Pompeo cited a number, I'm sorry, Pompeo cited a letter from a diplomat 
at the Chinese consul in New York to the speaker of an unnamed state legislature advising that U.S. officials refrain from independent interaction with Taiwan. You add a diplomat from China assigned here to the United States, a representative of the Chinese Communist Party in New York City sending a letter urging that an American elected official shouldn't exercise his right to freedom of speech. And guess what? We've already seen Americans give up their right or argue against freedom of speech because China said so as they gain power and press militaristically against us. As they make more money stealing our manufacturing and our intellectual property, they gain influence over our personalities. They buy them out. They, ta- they, they gain influence in our tech companies. They censor our information. We are not winning this fight right now. That's what's particularly scary. And they are in our universities. Now, a lot of people like to say that the infiltration is potentially giving, uh, uh, helping with the rise of this woke far left ideology. And I don't think that's necessarily fair or accurate. There was a study that was done recently showing a correlation between freedom, gen, uh, uh, gender levels, and the amount of social justice appearing in university. So I don't want to rehash or, or hash this whole debate over social justice. Suffice it to say that there are other factors at play. And it may actually be that we, we are developing vulnerabilities because we are too free and too accepting. Like the House Democrats who want to probe into the NIH and FBI over racial profiling. Unfortunately, I can respect what I, 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 I let, let, let me start over. I can respect what they're doing. But unfortunately, we are at a between a rock and a hard place when dealing with civil liberties. I would never give up my freedom for a little bit of security. But that means we will be vulnerable to exploitation by foreign agents. And that's why we do want some security. I would never give up total liberty. But there is a line. When you, when, you, when you recognize you do need law enforcement, you do need the FBI to go after these spies, this infiltration, you recognize that some people will have to deal with these issues. And there's no real easy way to draw the line between how much freedom and how much security, but I definitely err on the side of freedom. It's what makes this country gate. Uh, it's what makes, makes this country great and worth fighting for. And that's why I am concerned about the expansion of China, their infiltration, their exploitation of our goodwill. Because if they keep growing and we ignore this, if they take our manufacturing base, if they steal our IP, if they infiltrate our schools, if they buy out our celebrities, if they buy out our researchers, then their authoritarian culture dominates where you have no rights and you must bend the machine to the Borg, the machine that says be a part of the system and give into it and no rights for you. That to me is truly terrifying. The secretary said this isn't an uncommon event and that Chinese officials based in the U.S. are actively seeking to sow seeds of chaos at the state and local level, specifically in the realm of education on college, uh, education on college campuses and K-12 through classrooms. Maybe some of you have heard about the time when the Chinese consulate paid the UC San Diego students to protest the Dalai Lama. It shows depth. It shows systemization. It shows intent. He added Chinese Communist Party officials, too, are cultivating relationships with county school boards and local politicians often through what are known as sister city programs. The competition is well underway. Pompeo also spoke about China's campaign to recruit U.S. scientists and academics to share vital secrets in exchange for monetary gain through their Thousand Talents plan, a campaign that has already targeted scientists and professors on campuses such as Virginia Tech and Harvard and triggered investigations by the Department of Justice. Some of these people who received this money lied about it to the federal government. And that, that to me is what's really scary. Allegiance for sale. These people who gave in don't care about our country or rights or civil rights or civil liberties or freedoms. 
They care about getting money for themselves so they can live a short and happy life and let everything else burn down around them. I, for one, think America has done a very, very great job of expanding freedom and civil liberties, civil rights, and that's something we should protect. And what's happening right now is not that. There are people who only care about themselves exploiting the system like these professors who would lie. It's been going on for quite some time. Check this out. This is from 2018 Politico. Coordinate the efforts of overseas and domestic propaganda and further create a favorable international environment for us. Chinese minister of propaganda Liu Yunshan exhorted his compatriots in a 2010 People's Daily article. With regard to key issues that influence our sovereignty and safety, we should actively carry out intentional propaganda battles against issuers such as Tibet, Xinjiang, Taiwan, human rights, and Falun Gong. We should do well in establishing and operating overseas cultural centers and Confucius Institutes. This story from Politico magazine, how China infiltrated U.S. classrooms. If you think it's bad now, what do you think would happen if we sat around and did nothing? It would get worse. It's kind of scary that this threat and this problem has grown within our borders and within our ranks, and no one did anything about it. And now we can see the real ramifications. We are seeing our own secrets and research being given away, our country being extracted, both from the intellectual property to the hard manufacturing. How much longer could our country go on like this? How many people actually care? Very few. Because you have people advocating for open borders to give away our benefits and our community's resources to people who aren't even citizens. And perhaps it's Chinese propaganda. I don't know. But we are being eaten alive from the inside out and something has to be done about it. I don't know what all of what what the answers are, but I can tell you that the stories about this are rather scary. This story just from a few hours ago, former Google CEO Eric Schmidt says China could supplant Silicon Valley as the world's tech powerhouse unless the U.S. government steps in. Well, perhaps that's the answer. But as China gains more and more power and begins to dominate, we will lose our position. Now, I don't think America is morally justified in being the world's police, not for the most part. In some circumstances, we can have a discussion about it. But I do think America is the best nation on the planet for one simple reason, a constitution guaranteeing civil rights, civil liberties, And though it wasn't perfect when it was created, we have done a tremendous job of improving upon this throughout history. Now, we still have a long ways to go, but we are doing better than most. We're a powerful, wealthy nation that does a really good job. We've reduced our carbon emissions better than most other countries. Maybe, maybe Maybe not every single one, but China is contributing to global warming more than anyone else, China and India. We can talk about the problems from the environment to civil rights to the oppression of minorities like they're doing in those camps. And America is several orders of magnitude better. If you are on the left and you find yourself worried about marginalized groups, then you should be focused on the threat of China as well. If you're a conservative concerned about the loss of manufacturing, you should be paying attention to China as well. Of course, Trump supporters are very focused on on, on the threat of China and the growing problems. Perhaps many people on the left should focus on this just the same. Now, back to the first story. And the last thing I'll say to the Democrats who are launching this probe, I think it's a good thing. I think we survive as a country and we do well in terms of protecting civil liberties, because even though we will investigate potential espionage, we will still make sure it is being done right. We do not want law enforcement to go off and just go after whoever they want. We want accountability. It's what makes us better 
than China and and some other countries. But mark my words, we are looking at a serious threat and we are actively dealing with espionage, cyber war, and now potentially, you know, butting heads in international waters as China expands its influence and builds military bases against international law. I don't know where we'll go from here, but I just think it was important to bring up and talk about what's currently happening in our universities. If you're somebody who's going to send your kids or has kids in universities, pay attention to this stuff because they're spreading their propaganda in their own words. In 2018, it was reported that is their goal. Where it brings us, I don't know, but I think we need to, to be on guard. I'll leave it there. Stick around. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. YouTube.com slash TimCastNews. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all next time. If you're watching politics right now, you'd think that Donald Trump was literally doing nothing about the coronavirus. In fact, he's done negative things that have hurt everybody. And sure enough, it's all a lie. Yes, Democrats are lying about Donald Trump and the coronavirus. Don't take my word for it. How about the Associated Press fact check that says they are lying about what's going on with the CDC and Donald Trump? Man, I'm really annoyed that coronavirus is becoming something political because we should be taking it seriously as people get sick and many people die. And now you've got 700 people in New York that are under a voluntary quarantine with one person being tested. And this is what people post. Mini Driver, as if I think her opinion is that important. But no, she's uh, she's influential enough. The perfect, if chilling, representation of this man's limitless ignorance and failure. The New Yorker with a picture of Trump with, a, with a, a mask over his eyes. Okay, now listen, there are things I think we can criticize Trump for when it comes to the coronavirus, but let me explain something to you. Personally, I think Trump's response to what's going on with the virus should be a little bit more stern and cons- uh, uh, he, he should be a little bit more alarmed, but I don't want him to be panicking, right? He's definitely trying to downplay things. Calm down, it's not, not gonna be that bad, the risk is low. All of these things are fair in that I think personally, first, Trump is concerned this is really, really bad for the economy, which is in turn bad for him. But also, he doesn't want to start a panic. In Australia, when their prime minister came out and said, pandemic warning, people went and raided stores and like bought a bunch of crazy stuff. And while you should be buying supplies for sure, there's a fine line between, or I shouldn't say a fine line, but it's hard to know exactly when you should or should not tell people to go out and panic. The CDC, of course, is saying panic. Trump is saying, calm down. It's going to be fine. And the reality is Trump is correct. It is absolutely going to be fine. But we are going to be facing some severe disruptions. That's what the CDC has said. You know, look, I think the truth is usually closer to the middle. You know, Trump is going to downplay this for a lot of reasons. Democrats are going to hype it up like crazy for a lot of reasons. But we do have a real threat with the coronavirus. I can understand why, why Trump would want to downplay it. And I can understand why Democrats would want to overhype it. But I think the Democrats' motivation for overhyping it is pure politics. And again, don't take my word for it. Take a look at this from the Associated Press. AP fact check. Democrats distort coronavirus readiness. Excellent. That's exactly what we need right now. Politicking and a distortion of the facts because you don't like the orange man and you want to win that election. This is disgusting to me. Look, you can claim that Trump is downplaying or distorting the facts on coronavirus and be critical of him. That's fine. But there's a legitimate reason why Trump might be doing that. As I stated, I think there's some political reasons there for sure. Trump's, you know, he's got this great economy under, you know, behind him. 
this, mar- this great market count and a market value. And he's heading into an election with, rec- with awesome numbers. Now you're going to see people, work is going to slow down, supply chain disruption, and that could be bad for the president. However, disasters, typically chaos, crisis, can be good for a president. So for, to all the Trump people saying the Democrats are lying, trying to make Trump you know, look bad by exaggerating the severity of the coronavirus, no, 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 no. If there's a fallout outbreak, it actually will make Trump look good. Or, or at the very least, people are scared to vote out an incumbent when we're in a crisis because they think the change in you know, administrations would be too disruptive. So this could really play into Trump's advantage. The bigger issue is the Democrats are trying to win by claiming Trump has done things he has not done. They are lying. If Trump comes out and says it's not that bad and there is some truth that he's trying to avoid a panic, I get that. I really, really do. We don't want to run on the banks. We don't want to run on supermarkets. We want people to be calm and collected, keep things, you know, churn along so we can work towards a, a vaccine or a cure or whatever it is we do. Now we have this story from the AP. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me read a little bit of this for you. The AP says Democratic presidential contenders are describing the federal infectious disease bureaucracy as rudderless and ill-prepared for the coronavirus threat because of budget cuts and ham-handed leadership by President Donald Trump. That's a distorted picture. For starters, Trump hasn't uh, succeeded in cutting the budget. Hey, not not for lack of trying. He's proposed cuts, but Congress ignored him and increased financing instead. The National Institutes of Health and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention aren't suffering from budget cuts that never took effect. A look at some of the Democratic remarks. Bloomberg says there's nobody here to figure out what the hell we should be we should be doing. And he's defunded. He's defunded Centers for Disease Control, CDC, so we don't have the organization we need. This is a very serious thing. Debate Tuesday night. Lie. Joe Biden. Comparing the Obama-Biden administration with now, we increased the budget of the CDC. We increased the NIH budget. He's wiped all that out. He's cut the funding for the entire effort. Lie. The facts. They're both wrong to say the agencies have seen their money cut. Bloomberg is repeating the false allegation in a new ad that states the U.S. is unprepared for the virus because of reckless cuts to the CDC. Trump's budgets have proposed cuts to public health only to be overruled by Congress, where there's strong bipartisan support for agencies such as the CDC and NIH. Instead, financing has increased. You want to criticize Trump for trying to do it? Please, please do so, because we do need a strong and robust CDC and NIH. But the Republicans in Congress, along with Democrats, have rejected what Trump wanted. It is a bipartisan effort to say no. And that's called checks and balances. Oops, hit a button. They say, indeed, the money that government disease detectives first tapped to fight the latest outbreak was a congressional fund crid for health emergencies. Some public health experts say a bigger concern than White House budgets is the steady erosion of a CDC grant program for state and local public health emergency preparedness. The front, line, uh, the front lines in detecting and battling new, new disease. But that decline was set in motion by a congressional budget measure that predates Trump. The orange man is bad. Everything is his fault. Welcome to uh, the current state of politics. This is the last t- we, we do not need right now to be dealing with politicking over this. These people are despicable. This is why I hate politicians. I hate every single one. And I can certainly understand why people want to vote for Trump. You know, I often joke about how I'd love to be on the debate stage because I would just be yelling at all these people like, shut up, Bloomberg, you're lying. It's not true. Will someone please tell this man to get off the stage? He bought his way here anyway. But that's what he does. He goes on the debate stage. He lies. 
He's buying advertisements with lies. Is CNN going to complain now that Michael Bloomberg is lying in his advertisements? No, only the orange man. This is what I can't stand. There's no legitimate argument against what they don't like about him other than he's orange or his name is Drum for other stupid nonsense. They try and explain that the, the problem with the border wall is that it's racist. It doesn't mean anything. You, know, you want to talk about budget appropriation? Fine, but he, he's within his rights to do what he's doing. The president wants to build a border fence and secure our borders. A lot of Americans agree with that. And he has the rights to secure funding to do it. The Supreme Court sided with him. He, he's doing it. You want to make a real argument about the expense and better ways to spend it? I'm absolutely listening, 100%. And they've talked about better technology, better security, better manpower, better uh, processing of asylees and all that stuff. And I'm like, that, that, I, I hear you. I really, really do. And then they go, but the wall is immoral and racist. And I'm like, that's, that, that's not an argument. I have no idea what it's supposed to mean. I guess that works on low energy people who aren't really paying attention. And they're like, that's right. Trump is immoral. But then they, listen, they often try and say that Trump is lying because they purposefully will misrepresent things he said or done. And again, I think there's, there, there, there are many, many things for which you can criticize this man and even Obama and the people before him. But I'm sick and tired of having to read stories where it's like, oh, by the way, they're lying again. I get it. Trump lies. He certainly does. You can't deny it. Trump lies about stupid things and he's honest about, you know, other things. It's almost like he's saying the loud part quiet and the quiet part loud half the time. Like the the famous incident when he's outside by the helicopter and the press asks him about Saudi Arabia and he's like, we're going to make so much money selling weapons to these guys, putting our troops over there. They pay well. And everyone like all these progressive anti-war people, like their jaws collectively dropped. Like he just just came out and admitted it. But then he lies about really dumb things like, you know, cultural stuff. That's like people, I don't know. Let's read a little bit more. They say some public health experts say a bigger concern than White House budgets is the steady erosion of a CDC. Oh, I'm sorry. I read read that already. The broader point about there being nobody here to coordinate the response sells short what's uh, what's in place to handle an outbreak. The public health system has a playbook to follow for pandemic preparation, regardless of who is president or whether specific instructions are coming from the White House. Those plans were put into place in anticipation of another flu pandemic, but are designed to work for any respiratory airborne, uh, respiratory borne disease. Among the health authorities overseeing the work are Dr. Anne Shuchat, CDC's principal deputy director and a veteran of previous outbreaks, and Dr. Anthony Fauci, NIH's infectious disease chief, who has advised six presidents. The CDC's response has been excellent, as it has been in the past, said John Auerbach, president of the nonpartisan Trust for America's Health, which works with government at all levels to improve the nation's response to high-risk health crises. Some Democrats have charged that Trump decimated the nation's public health leadership, but Auerbach said CDC's top scientific ranks have remained stable during the past three years. Will the preparations be enough? All right, I'm going to stop right now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to first going to say, we're here reading the Associated Press being like, by the way, the Democrats are lying about everything. They don't have anything substantive to offer. So they do scandals. They accuse Trump of doing things he didn't do. They need to make him look bad by any means necessary. The economy is great. People are working. People are happy. People are satisfied with their lives. So what do they have to offer the American people? Well, a crisis rears its ugly head and they pop out and say, oh, but Trump did this. It's not true. And I feel bad for the people who believe it. I'm going to now do something that I don't normally do, but I've been doing in the past couple of videos about the coronavirus because I do think it's important. And I'll be completely honest with everybody. Check out this website, preparewithtim.com. You can see they got this cute little picture of me from a couple years ago. 
you, 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 if you've watched all of my coronavirus videos, you've know I've only done this maybe like three times, but I think it's, it's actually to a point now where I think it's serious enough to actually warrant me giving a shout out. First, being completely honest, this video will be demonetized. Every single video where I mentioned coronavirus, coronavirus demonetized completely. So I know that doing these stories and talking about them is, you know, it's not an advantage for me and my, my business. But this is actually something I think is a good idea to do because I've, I've done this as well. I've bought emergency food and water, not because I think the world is ending. Don't let anyone, you know, freak you out or try, you know, because we're going we're, we're gonna to recover. There's a big market sell off. I think everything's going to be fine, but, you know, people are doing it. The world is not ending. However, storms happen, hurricanes happen, earthquakes happen. You know, sometimes the, there's a, uh, stores run out of supply, supply chain disruption. We are looking at a potential supply chain disruption uh, in the United States. We're already seeing it around the world. We're going to have supplies disrupted where we are at home. And before it's too late, pick up something like this, because I have, I have. So this is preparewithtim.com. They've got emergency food supplies. And one of the reasons I decided to start, you know, shouting these people out is, and again, full disclosure, it, it does help support my channel when you buy from preparewithtim.com. But also because I noticed how the volume, their, their uh, demand for their food is up 100 times normal. And there's a potential six to eight week delay in rare cases. So they say they can get this stuff to you really, really quickly. But look, man, the worst case scenario, if you buy some of this food is you eat it. That's about it. And so long as we're dealing with an escalating, you know, crisis, I think it's really important to give them a shout out and let you know it's available. And, you know, whether you go with them or anybody else, I really do hope you guys pick up some supplies and take this stuff seriously. Let's get back to what's going on with the news, though. Uh, so the link will be in the description below. But, I, but I, uh, yeah, let's, let's, just, let's just get back to the news and start, uh, start reading. They ask, will the preparations be enough? One of the lessons learned in prior uh, crises, such as the anthrax attacks, is not to offer false assurances when scientists have questioned about the illness. The CDC, for example, can accurately test for the virus, but has struggled to get working test kits to state health departments. That's key if there's a need to rapidly increase the number of tests being performed. The U.S. closed borders to travelers from China to buy time as preparations began. But classically, that's not the way you address an outbreak. Fauci told the Associated Press this week. If you do it for a very limited period of time, temporarily until you can get things in order in your own country, it could have some benefit. But in general, the concept of closing borders, you cannot do that for an extended period of time. But with infections now in much of the world, one of the questions for U.S. policymakers is whether it's time to modify any of those borders or travel restrictions. Well, I don't know. I have no idea what should be done. I'm just sick and tired of the politicking, uh, politicking around this. I don't care who you like and don't like. I don't care if you're happy with Schumer, Pelosi, Nadler, or anybody else. I care if they're going to sit down and say, okay, let's put these things aside and make sure we're going to save some lives here. Right now in New York City, 700 people are placed under voluntary quarantine. I'm about an hour and a half, two hours drive from New York City. It's actually probably an hour and a half, but traffic is so bad. Once you get to the tunnel, it's a nightmare. It takes another half an hour to get in the city. We're really close, me and, and, and my friends uh, at my house. And so there's a real concern that if they're voluntarily quarantined, asking people to voluntarily quarantine themselves, 700 people, and they're testing one person, I think there's a strong likelihood that there's going to be some wild cases in New York already. We've seen it in San Francisco. I think the safe prediction is that when the next, in the next week or two, we're going to see people coming down with coronavirus. And the mortality rate is decently high. Some people have said it's like a flu that can give you pneumonia and that's very dangerous. Several young people 
have lost their lives. Young people, government uh, uh, authority figures in Iran lost their lives. Italy has a major outbreak. So I'm trying to figure out at what point we decide we're going to start bunkering down. We're going to we're not going to go out. And I think the time is is now. Let me let me let me stress. There's there's a there's a difficult point that uh, for for in in situations like this where you're going to have people who are more concerned about their social perception, how they're viewed by other people and the media instead of their survivability. Some some people, you know, go one go go extreme in the other direction and they build a bunker and they buy 30 years worth of food and they do not care what anyone thinks of them. They're more concerned about themselves. I can respect that. If you're going to put, you know, how you look to your neighbors over your own chance of survival, then don't come a knocking when you run out of food or water. A lot of people right now have a fear that if they actually go out and do things, take care of themselves, they're going to be viewed unfavorably by society. Well, I'll tell you what, if your friends make fun of you because you bought one of those food supply kits, then when they come knocking, begging for food, you can tell them like, hey, man, you had your chance. But more importantly, everything I've been saying, there's already been attempts at shaming everyone who's talked about it. I'm not kidding. USA Today ran an op-ed where they're talking about right-wing conspiracy theories over coronavirus and all this other insanity. You, you also do have a lot of Trump supporters who think it's a being overhyped by the Democrats. Don't let anybody shame you. I don't care, dude. You can call me whatever you want. And I'm going to sit back. And when all this blows over, I'm going to have some extra rice and beans for taco night. That's the worst case scenario. And that's what I'm actually projecting. That's my prediction. I think this will get bad. But we saw it with swine flu. This is, this is predict, uh, they're predicting this to be substantially worse. I think it'll disrupt markets. We're seeing a major sell-off. What's the worst that's going to happen, man? Y'all need to chill out. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people overreact. Don't do it. Just, just sit back and relax and take the, take the vacation. You know, I'm no fan of vacations. I'm no fan of being for, you know, of, of forced time off. I got sick in December. I lost my voice and I hated it. But you know what? You got to learn to choose your battles. Go with the flow when you have to. And if we're going to deal with some supply, supply disruption, well, then go out, pick up some, some gear, pick up some supplies, and then chill out, read some books, play some games. Look, we got the internet, man. You don't even need to leave your house anymore. And so that's, what I, that's, that's the point I'm trying to get to. When we're hearing that New York, Massachusetts, San Francisco, there's potential vi- uh, virus cases here. It's spreading. We can't stop it. I'm like, okay, Maybe we just reduce the amount of time we spend going outside and going to the shops and stuff. We've got a ton of food and stuff we, we've bought. We got taco night ready for the next couple of weeks. And it's not the apocalypse. It's just going to be if you don't want to get sick because people are sick, you know, don't spend too much time. So maybe we won't go bowling, which is which is a bummer because bowling's fun. Um, maybe we won't go play billiards or pool or whatever. Maybe we're going to have to just play some World of Warcraft or something online. But hey, what's the big deal? I will say there's something really interesting with how technology has afforded, this, afforded us this opportunity. Back in the day, you had, you'd, you'd, be, you'd be really, really bored. With no internet, you'd be sitting there like, what's happening? I need a newspaper. And you'd need human contact to actually get more information. Now I just go on the internet. So we can sit back, play video games. We can hang out in the backyard, fire up the grill, have some, you know, have some burgers, make some tacos or whatever. And you know, just chill out, wait for things to blow over. The question is, You're not going to know when is the right time to start limiting your outings. And maybe you shouldn't. I don't know. I'll tell you what, though. I'm going to do it. And I don't care if you want to make fun of me because I'm saying I'm not going to go to Cheesecake Factory tonight. All right. I'm going to I'm going to stay home and we're going to cook some some nice home cooked meals that are going to be healthier, by the way. And we're going to keep an eye on what's going on because this thing is spreading. I don't 80 percent of people have a mild case. You're going to be fine. But until we you know, until we know for sure, 
I have no problem being cautious. I have absolutely no problem doing that. Whether you want to or not is entirely up to you. Keep in mind, you know, you'll probably be fine. You know, this is a, it's a big news play. The media loves a shocking story. We'll see what happens. You can already see that the, the Democrats are taking advantage of it, trying to blame Trump for something he did not do. I think it's fair to point out he tried. Yeah, criticize the guy. But that's what checks and balances are for. So we got a Congress. Yes, Democrats included. Bravo. Good Democrats and Republicans with bipartisan efforts to maintain the budget of the CDC. We're good. Let's 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 chill out. Let's remain calm. Go to the shop if you haven't yet, because I'll tell you what, where I'm at in Philly, what they're talking about with with New York. I'm telling you, man, we're going to get close to a point where I think we're close to the point already. But but if they start getting several people in New York City who are infected and then it starts jumping into the tens of thousands like it did in China within a month, you're not going to be able to go to the store. So I don't think, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this on my end. I don't think we have nearly enough supplies to last months because, you know, I don't, I don't know. There, there, there is something I think maybe going too far, but maybe that would be smart. I don't know. But we certainly have a decent amount of food to last us several weeks, maybe even a month. And that's just because a lot of canned foods last forever anyway. So it's like a lot of the food that we already have will last us for a while. We just went out and bought some extra stuff in water. I don't think we're going to be locked down for months. I think it'll be like, well, it, it, it could be because, you know, swine flu went to like, what, 212 days or something like that. So, you know, I, I really don't know what, what's right for you. You have to make that decision on your own. And so the only, the only, the only things I can really say to wrap this up, because I'm going a little long, I do not care for the politicking. And I already have disdain for these Democratic candidates. I don't know if my, <laughs> my perception of them could get any lower than it is. So take that for what it is. Um, if you're concerned about how you appear to other people, well, then you do you. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of you know my friends, my family, what I got to do. And you can call me all the names in the book. Don't care. I got, a, I got, a, I got a, a nice backyard. We're gonna sit in the patio, fire up the little fire pit, cook some burgers, and we're gonna hang out and have, uh, have you know, friend night or whatever. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all then. Is the coronavirus biphasic, meaning does it have multiple stages? And if it does, does that mean that the people who have air quote recovered? are still sick and will get sick again or get sick worse. I don't know. I don't want to speculate too much, but we have this story from Fox News. Coronavirus infects women in Japan for the second time, a first in the country. This would mean that quarantine is broken beyond repair. 14-day incubation might not make sense. Perhaps the reason we saw 27-day incubation in some people was because it is multiphasic, which would be really, really scary but I don't know what else to say. Until we get more data and until we know exactly what this means, this could be a fluke. But Fox News also had a guest on. And earlier today, we, were, we had the TV running. This guy, it says Pennsylvania family returns home after going through coronavirus quarantine. He's on Fox News via satellite, it appears via satellite. And then he begins coughing. And then he coughs again. And then he has to drink some water. And they bring up the fact that he was cleared from quarantine. He says, don't worry, I'm fine. I was tested. It was negative. Cough, cough, cough. I'll play the video for you in a second. The point is, is it possible that the reason he's coughing now is because he was cleared, but it's multiphasic? I don't know. Basically, uh, for those that aren't familiar, I'm not super familiar either, but the general idea is that some diseases have phases like phase one, you'll get a respiratory sickness. It'll go away. You'll look like you're fine. And then a week later, you're sick again. Let's read the story from Fox News to see exactly what's going on, what they're saying. And I got some more. There's, there's a lot of updates to go through, but there's some more bad news. There's a shortage 
of some medicines. We have too much of our medicine being produced in China, and now we are facing supply line shortages. This could get serious. Fox News reports, a woman in Japan tested positive for the coronavirus for the second time on Wednesday as the country grips with 190 cases separate from the Diamond Princess cruise ship outbreak, according to multiple reports. The tour bus guide in her 40s first tested positive in late January and was released from the hospital after recovering. She was readmitted after having a sore throat and chest pains, according to the local government. It is the, it is, it's a first known case of a second positive test in Japan, which prompted Health Minister Katsunobu Kato to inform Japan's central government of the need to review previous patients lists and monitor the condition of those previously discharged, according to Reuters. And that's because there is now a fear there could be multiple phases of this virus. Quote, once you have the infection, it could remain dormant and with minimal symptoms, and then you can get an exacerbation if it finds its way into the lungs, said Philip Tierno Jr., professor of microbiology and pathology at NYU School of Medicine, according to the news organization. The virus can reportedly spread without symptoms showing up, which forces officials to play catch up and makes it far more difficult to manage. Health officials analyzed the implications of a patient testing positive after having an initial recovery. Second positive tests have been reported in China. Quote, I'm not certain that this is not biphasic like anthrax, Tierno Jr. said in regards to the disease being able to go away before reappearing. With the 2020 Summer Olympic Games scheduled in July, Tokyo has urged large gatherings of people to be stopped or limited over the next two weeks to contain the virus, according to Reuters. The Olympics should be postponed if this continues. There are many people who don't understand how easy it is to spread this infection from one person to another. Prime Minister Shinzo Abe announced on Thursday the government would close all schools for a month to help contain the virus. Another death was also reported in northern northern Hokkaido, which brings the total killed by the virus in Japan to eight. Four have died from the cruise ship, which is uh, which has roughly 704 cases. Now, I want to talk to you about the potential for multiphasic virus. Listen, if they're claiming 25,000 people have recovered, but it turns out they actually haven't recovered, this could mean the mortality rate would go up. And if there is a second phase of the virus and it's more severe, or as severe or whatever, then the, then the chances of severe illness could be greater. I'm going to play for you this clip from Fox because it's kind of going viral now on Twitter. I tweeted about it. A bunch of people started digging it up. Just listen to, to what we have here. Let me make sure the audio is playing properly and then just listen. Hopefully doctors and scientists will get a better, hmm. better handle on, on the whole situation. Fortunately, from what I understand, you know, <clears throat> it is contagious, but the death rate is, is pretty low. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, I understand the fear. Yeah. yeah. Well, we can see you still have a cough. What do the doctors say about your own condition moving forward as we wrap this up? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Let me get some of that. <laughs> they said, um, yeah, I'm fine. Uh, I got tested twice, uh, negative both times. Uh, the cough probably just uh, nerves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> being on TV. Fair enough. Okay, first of all, this dude just shared a bottle of water with, with uh, a girl that is presumably his daughter. To me, I was like, what are you doing, dude? Even if it's not coronavirus and you got a cold, what are you doing coughing and then taking your, your, your daughter's water? Now, whatever you got, she's got, even if it's not coronavirus. Here's the other thing, though. It may not be biphasic or multiphasic. 
It may just be that the tests do not work properly, or we just don't know enough yet to properly screen this. But I'll tell you what, man, it is not confidence building. When you have a guy who was brought into quarantine, they clear him, and now he's coughing when there is a, an epidemic or pandemic of a respiratory illness. Come on, man. Occam's razor. What's the simple solution? The dude didn't catch a cold after leaving quarantine, did he? Maybe he just has a cough. I don't know. I cough sometimes too. You'll notice in these videos, there'll be little cuts periodically. It's usually because I cough and that's kind of normal. But that cough to me was like, he's sick, man. Check this out from ProPublica. Key missteps at the CDC have set back its ability to detect the potential spread of coronavirus. The CDC designed a flawed test for COVID-19, then took weeks to figure out a fix so state and local labs could use it. New York still doesn't trust the test's accuracy. And this is from today. Or I'm sorry, I believe it's yes, from today. So here, here's the thing. Is it possible? This guy was stopped, detained, given this bat, this funky test, and they were wrong and he does have it. And now he's going on TV and sharing drinks with his daughter. Man, I've seen I've seen movies that start like this. The guys on TV saying, "I'm I'm totally fine. <laughs> I'm I'm it's okay. It must be nerves, dude. That's how zombie movies start. Not that I think this is a zombie movie, or it's gonna get that bad, but I do think it's probable that a dude might be sick, and it could be this. Maybe the dude was tested, and it was negative, but it's dormant because it has multiple phases. That is where things get really scary. Regardless of what is truly going to happen, though, we have a serious well, look, we got we got a potential risk of supply chain disruption and medicines being disrupted because we, we, we have too much sent to China from ABC News. The FDA has reported this is from this, this morning. FDA reports first drug shortage due to novel coronavirus outbreak. The FDA said the issue continues to be an, uh, an evolving and very dramatic one. They report The U.S. FDA announced it's been alerted to the first manufacturing shortage of an unnamed drug due to a viral coronavirus outbreak that began in China and has now reached American soil. The FDA uh, FDA commissioner, Stephen Hahn, said the agency has been closely monitoring the medical product supply chain with the expectation that the outbreak of the novel coronavirus would likely have an impact. Quote, a manufacturer has has alerted us to a shortage of a human drug that was recently added to the drug shortages list. Han said in a statement Thursday night, the manufacturer just notified us that this shortage is related to a site affected by coronavirus. The shortage is due to an issue with manufacturing of an active pharmaceutical ingredient used in the drug. It is important to note that there are other alternatives that can be used by patients, he added. We are working with the manufacturer as well as other manufacturers to mitigate the shortage. We will do everything possible to mitigate the shortage. Han said the issue continues to be an evolving and very dynamic one. Did I say dramatic earlier? Dynamic. The newly identified virus, known officially as COVID-19, emerged in the Chinese city of Wuhan, and we all know that. At least 2,804 people have died from the confirmed cases of the virus, all but 57 in China, according to the latest data from the World Health Organization. South Korea has the second highest national total of coronavirus cases behind China. Out of more than 81,000 people tested in the country, 2,337 had tested positive for COVID-19 as of Friday afternoon, up 571 from the same time the previous day. More than 30,000 others were awaiting test results, according to South Korea's Center for Disease Control and Prevention. It is hard to say at this point when the outbreak will reach its peak here, the center's vice director, Kwan Jun-wook, said at a press briefing Friday. 
A majority of the cases in South Korea have been linked to a secretive religious sect in the city of Daegu. More confirmed cases are expected this weekend among members of the Shincheonji Church of Jesus. So far in the U.S., 60 people have been diagnosed with the disease. The majority of the cases are Americans who were on board the Diamond Princess cruise ship that was placed under quarantine in Japanese waters as hundreds of passengers became infected with the new coronavirus. The newest case is being investigated by the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention as possibly the first instance of community spread on American soil. The patient is a resident of California's Solano County, had no known exposure to the virus through travel or close contact with a, with a known infected individual. According to the California Department of Public Health, the individual was transferred to UC Davis Medical Center in Sacramento on Wednesday, the hospital confirmed. Now, this is the first known COVID case with unknown origins, which says to me, it is very likely it's already pervasive. So I, I, we'll, we'll, we'll go through the standard updates. We've got in New York, 700 people at being asked to voluntary, voluntarily quarantine themselves. One person is being monitored. There was something I heard about potentially 83 potential cases. There's something I heard about potentially 83 cases on Long Island, people being monitored. And now we're hearing about some people being monitored in Massachusetts, 8,400 people being monitored in California. And now we have that video of the guy going on TV saying, everything's okay. I tested negative twice. Cough, cough, cough. That is not confidence building to say the least. But we can wrap up on a final note about panic. You know what? I wasn't planning on doing it. Well, let me, let me tell you the story and then I'll do, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something I, haven't, I don't normally do. The spread of the coronavirus couldn't come at a worse time for Corona beer. People are panicking so much they're, they're actually not going to buy Corona beer because the name is the same as the virus. Come on, man. Are people really that dumb? Um, you know what? I was going to do a shout out for the food supply thing that I've been doing. I'm not going to do it on this video. I'm just not going to do it. Let's just talk about uh, uh, the Corona beer and panic. Do not panic. Please do not panic. But seriously, do go. I'm going to do it. I'm I'm, I'm, going to shout out the company because look, we've got to do this. All right. This is preparewithtim.com. I am reticent to do these shout outs for stuff like this because the last thing I'm going to do is be a doomsayer or anything like that. But we've got a shortage of antibiotics, man. We've got uh, this, this company has a 100 times normal, normal demand right now. They're announcing on their website. That's what they're saying. Potentially a six to eight week delay. I do not think the world is going to end. I do not think, I think we're going to get over this, but we're seeing major market hits. We're seeing, you know, antibiotics and supply chain disruption. I I went out and bought supplies. I bought some emergency food. I bought some water. We got, we got ready. We got some rice and beans, not necessarily because of coronavirus, but it is a good, it's better late than never. This is a website called preparewithtim.com. And they've got emergency food supplies. You can check it out. It does support my channel, full disclosure. And it is also true that whenever I do videos about coronavirus, YouTube completely demonetizes them. So this is a, a one way to you know, kind of keep the bills, keep, get, get the bills paid. And also, the, I mean this with utmost sincerity. The only reason I'm shouting them out is because I really do think it's important to do this. I have done a dozen of these videos, and this is only the fourth time I've ever given them a shout out. But I also think it's important to point out as we get into the panic section where people won't buy beer, this is news, okay? What's news is that this company is experiencing massive demand from people who are rushing out to buy this stuff. So again, with the utmost sincerity, you don't have to buy this stuff if you don't want to. I just think it's a good idea. And I think it's particularly newsworthy that this company is experiencing massive demand for this stuff because it seems like the virus is going to grow out of control. Now, the only reason I decided, fine, you know what, we'll do the shout out is because people are panicking and you cannot panic. You can't do this. You want to chill. I tell people, buy some rice and beans, worst case scenario, taco night. But look at this story. 
They say Corona beer isn't making any changes to its advertising, despite the name's unfortunate similarity to the deadly coronavirus. Constellation Brands, which brews several variations of the popular lager, said in a statement that its customers understand there is no link between the virus and our businesses. <laughs> they did a poll and found like 36, 38 percent of people wouldn't buy Corona. You know, what, man, I don't drink beer, but I really think they deserve my business <laughs> because people are stupid, man. Corona beer is not bad. Sales of Corona remain very strong and we appreciate the continued support from our fans. Constellation Brands spokesperson Stephanie McGon told CNN Business. Our advertising with Corona is consistent with the campaign we have been running for the last 30 years and is based off strong consumer sentiment. They say the spread of the coronavirus couldn't come at a worse time. They're spending $40 million to launch its new Corona branded hard seltzer. Part of the promotion includes a sponsored tweet that has sparked criticism for the use of the phrase coming ashore soon. (laughs) Oh, no. Check this out. What is this? Two surveys released this week show that the coronavirus, the Corona's brand is suffering from negative buzz. 5W Public Relations said that 38% of Americans wouldn't buy Corona under any circumstances because of the outbreak. Another 14% said they wouldn't order a Corona in public. The survey encompasses polling from 737 beer drinkers in the US. I recently went out to eat. We purposefully, well, my friends purposely ordered, purposefully ordered Corona because it was funny. Dude, don't blame the name of the beer on the virus. Just call it COVID-19 or C-19 or whatever. I got to tell you what, though. Uh, the reason I'm shouting out that, that company again is because people are losing it. That's the real concern. In my opinion, I think the only thing to fear is fear itself. The panic from these people who won't drink a beer because it has a brand name similar to another name. You know why they call it a coronavirus? It's because it's got like a a crown, like a ring of little things around it. I don't know a lot about it. I'm not a microbiologist or a virologist. Leave me alone. But something like that. It looks like it's got a little crown around it. Corona means crown. (laughs) Leave the beer company alone. I don't even drink beer. I don't drink beer. And I feel like they deserve my my business because people are, are losing their minds. Online searches for Corona beer virus spiked in February, but have since declined. Constellation brand stock dropped 8% on Thursday, although the entire stock market has fallen sharply as fear grows with the spread of coronavirus. The number of cases have climbed to 83,577 globally Friday. Nearly 3,000 people have died from the virus. This is not going to be Spanish flu. It's not going to, to, at least I don't think so. But I'll, I'll wrap it up by going back to the beginning of this story. First, just buy beer, dude. Calm down. Get some supplies, though. I, I really do mean this. I wouldn't say it if I didn't really, didn't really believe in it. But if this does turn out to be biphasic, meaning phase one, respiratory illness, phase two, more severe illness, this is going to get really scary, man. And so please take these things seriously. Let me tell you one last story. I was reading, this could be apocryphal or urban legend, but I was reading a story a while ago or someone was telling me about it where there was a security guard at a bank. And he was standing up by the tellers, armed, when a couple guys came in with ski masks and rifles, and they walked right up to the cop, disarmed him, and threw him to the ground. Later on, people asked that guard, why didn't you try and stop them? And he said, I couldn't believe it was really happening. I don't know if that story is true or not, but even if it's not, it's a story of optimism bias, the assumption that things can never go wrong, that not, it's not going to happen to me, not me, I'll be fine, nothing ever happens to me or an unthinkability bias, like, oh, that'll never happen. That's absurd until it does. And then you're going to be, you know, fighting over the last can of beans with Agnes in a Walmart parking lot. Don't be that person left fighting over. I mean, I'll tell you what, too. There's going to be a lot of people fighting over the last can of Corona beer. 
as much as they, they don't want to buy it right now, when supplies run dry in, an, in, in the event of some kind of catastrophe, don't be that person begging, banging on doors. What are you going to do? You're not going to have any supplies, man. I'm not saying to build a bunker. I'm just saying, dude, take these things seriously. If it turns out this is biphasic, and we don't know yet, and I think it's a stretch to even say it might be. We don't know. We just have that one story. You're going to really wish you went out. Now, Trump's trying to keep things, you know, calm down. I can respect him for it to a certain degree, but I do think he should have a little bit more alarm, but not too much. It's tough because we've already seen stores in Italy, stores in Australia get stripped of supplies. It hasn't really happened around me yet. Maybe it's happened by you, but we've gone to the store. Everything's fine for the most part. This is here, New York, Massachusetts, California. It's probably already in these places. We don't know for sure. But I'll tell you what, man, wherever you might be, especially if you're on the East Coast, you're going to hear about this. People are going to run to those stores and they're going to buy literally everything. And what's left for you? Corona beer, which nobody wanted to buy. But hey, Corona's not bad. I'll leave it there. Stick around. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. YouTube.com slash TimCast. It's a different channel, my main channel. And I will see you all then. I'm not a real big fan of the panic cycle, of the news cycle, of the outrage, of the disaster stuff. I try my best to be calm, rational, and reasonable, but this is now my, you know, I'm doing several videos on coronavirus because I think the reality is this is something really dangerous. And even with a low mortality rate, you could be affected by this. Supply chains could be disrupted. So here's what I want to I show you first. From the Daily Mail, panic buying strips store shelves as people stockpile amid coronavirus outbreak with one woman turning her basement into a supermarket and a man buying a year's supply of food which includes 192 tins of spam. Ooh, I could, not ame- I could not imagine eating that much spam. But I want to tell you something. The threat of the virus is relatively low. We're not looking at the apocalypse, but our economic system is a delicate system. And we are already seeing supply line disruptions. So, some medications are now being, uh, there's a shortage in the United States. We're going to start seeing some border checks, quarantines. It's happening in Europe already. It's happening in Asia. And now, as I have warned over the past several weeks, stores in the United States are now having their shelves stripped of goods. I'm going to tell you this. If you didn't go out and get supplies two weeks ago, it's probably not too late right now. At least where I live, things are okay. But we're seeing a ton of stores being raided, medicine being raided. So at least do yourself a favor. Go out and get some supplies. I want to show you some of these photos. First, this appears to be someone's basement. Excellent supply, dude. Now, here's the thing. Listen, what we're seeing here looks like a regular old pantry. To be honest, a guy's got something in his basement, got lots of bottled water, got some peanut butter, got some pasta sauce. It'll last him a little while. That's good. All you do is if you buy this stuff, it lasts for a a year or longer before it expires. You can slowly eat it. Your worst case scenario is you finished your grocery shopping for the next few months and you're just going to have, you know, spaghetti, (laughs) beans. Like he's got a big variety here. All right. Look, these photos, first of all, this photo appears to be Italy, so disregard this. But we have medicine being raided from shelves in both of these photos. We have more photos. People are buying meat. You can see people's supplies. Check this out. There are more photos of supermarkets where people have just raided the shelves and the shelves are now empty. We can see this when it says grocery store shelves in Washington state, stockpiles of medication and supplies. One person asked me, as I've, as I've said over and over again, to go and get your supplies. Some people have asked me, you know, to, to remind people that you need to get your medicine too. I'm not going to sit here and claim the coronavirus is the apocalypse. That's just every indication says no, but I can tell you that you're going to go to the store and food's going to be gone. 
You're not going to, you're probably not going to be star. You're not going to starve. I mean, I don't think we're again, not the apocalypse, but seriously, you can see people are starting to do this. And here's the bigger concern. If everyone else goes out and buys out all the food first, and then there are shortages, you're not going to have food to buy either. So I'm going to do something that I've only been recently doing with these stories about coronavirus. And when I saw this, when I saw this story about panic buying in the store shelves, I was like, now more than ever is a legitimate time to tell you to check out this site preparewithtim.com. I know it does seem, at least to me, it seems a bit silly, but it is serious. They got this funny little picture of me looking all concerned. Preparewithtim.com is a site where you can go and pick up some emergency food supplies. It's it's another company. And I normally never do these things. So I will say this to you with the utmost sincerity. I am giving them a shout out because I do think it's important that you, you know, take some precautions. I'm not telling you, like some of these people are doing a year's worth of food at Walmart, like the guy's basement. I'm not doing that. And maybe that'll be my mistake. But I think if you're watching my videos, you're, you're ahead of the curve than, uh, uh, you know, relative to everybody else in dealing with this. There's another reason why I want to tell you this. This whole video I'm doing right now is telling you the shortages are coming. We already know it. So I'll say it one more time. Go to preparewithtim.com. The link is in the description below. They've got two-week, four-week food supplies. They'll come. It's like freeze-dried. It lasts for a really long time. But here's the big news. I've been talking about this, not just because I think it's a good idea. I I really, really do. And I mean this sincerely. I hate doing these promo spots. You guys never see me do them, but this is legit. This is like a a, a time where I think it can actually benefit you. And that's why I never do this like, you know, go get your food. Oh, the end is night. No, 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 no. Just, but check this out. This company is dealing with a hundred times normal volume and their shipping delays. Keep that in mind. But let's get back to the story and I'll explain to you why I'm giving them a shout out, why I'm doing this video. I sincerely believe if this does get as bad as they say, the World Health Organization has said this could be disease X. That's their, their, mis- you know, their mystery unknown pathogen, which it could be biphasic. We, we don't, I, I'm not, I don't want to suggest it is because there's only been one reinfection, but that basically means you might get it, recover, and then get it again. So if this is bad as the World Health Organization thinks it is, you will be damn glad you went to preparewithtim.com, picked up some of these emergency food packs. And at the very least, uh, I will be completely honest. I always want to make sure I do this. It does support my channel when you go and you buy from them. These videos are all demonetized, but ignore that. Ignore whatever I'm saying. Don't support me. If you hate my guts, just just tell me hit my guts. Just go to the store, man. Get some water. This is what I've been telling people. Listen, we can go back to arguing about the right economic system, about the right government policy after we've all made sure we're safe. This stuff supersedes the partisan bickering. Let's read a little, read the story. They say supermarket shelves are starting to be stripped bare as Americans prepare for the spread of coronavirus by stockpiling on medications and non-perishable items across the country. People have been panic buying items from stores ever since health authorities warned that Americans should start preparing for domestic acceleration of the virus, which has infected more than 80,000 people worldwide and killed nearly 3,000. There are now 60 confirmed cases of the coronavirus in the U.S., and the first case where the origin of the disease is unknown was confirmed on Wednesday. The CDC has already said it's time to get ready. I hope you're taking it seriously. I really, really do. Supplies have been flying off shelves countrywide this week with people posting photos on social media showing the lack of products available in some stores and pharmacies. In Southern California, some Walgreens stores had been completely depleted of cough medicines, cold and flu medications, vaporizers, masks, and thermometers. Shoppers in Hawaii were buying up flatbeds of canned goods, bottled water, toilet paper, and paper towels from a local Costco. If you're somewhere like Hawaii, where you rely on imports from the contiguous states, 
Yeah, you really better take care of this stuff and be be on, you know, just just be vigilant, seriously. You know, if, if you're in the United States, you can drive somewhere if you're out of supplies. This photo, again, I'm pretty sure is Italy because I've seen it before. We can see that medicine has been depleted. A supermarket island, Virginia, has been stripped of non-perishable items like pasta. People were also sharing photos of, the, of their coronavirus stockpiles at home, including one man in Texas who said he bought a year's supply of non-perishable food in one night. I am not saying do that. Whoa, a year. I will say if it does get really bad and becomes this disease X that reaches 60% of people, I'm going to be wishing I'm that dude who bought a year's supply of food because I just got a couple weeks worth, to be completely honest. I, I, you know, it's hard to know how, how much you're overreacting or if you're overreacting to something like this. We've seen swine flu. We have seen other, uh, you know, other infections and other diseases, but this could be really bad. And that's what the CDC is saying. Expect severe disruption. So at the very least, if you're not concerned about the virus, you should be concerned that your favorite foods are going to be gone because everyone else is concerned about the virus. You know what I mean? You might go to the store and see there's no food there. It might not even be an issue of the virus itself, but the attempt to stop the virus could stop trucks from going to certain areas, meaning there will be supply chain disruption regardless of whether anyone even gets the virus at this point. So please take this seriously. They say uh, Jesse Colombo, who is a financial uh, analyst in Dallas, tweeted a photo of his emergency food pile, including rice, spam, freeze dried foods and beans, saying, quote, I just bought an additional years of the food last night. Everyone needs to have a stockpile of food. I wouldn't even touch stocks or even gold or silver before having food in these times. He tweeted, adding he was on edge with everything that was happening in relation to coronavirus and the economy. Better to be on edge than to be underprepared. Better to take care of yourself and ignore what people think about you than to be so worried about your social standing, you don't have food and water. A woman in Michigan shared a photo of her grocery store basement, which was filled with shelves stocked full of items. It comes as thousands of people were buying up face masks to protect themselves, despite evidence that most people who aren't sick don't need to wear them. Many businesses are sold out, while others are limiting how many, cu- how many a customer can buy. Amazon is policing its site, trying to make sure sellers don't gouge panicked buyers. Stores in New York, Houston, San Francisco said this week that mask supplies were running low. Major retailers like Walgreens and CVS had not yet run out online or on a national level, but shortages were starting to pop up. The U.S. government said it's planning to stockpile 300 million masks in preparation. Hey, that's almost one for every American. Despite officials saying that the masks are not necessary to wear in the U.S. or on planes, celebrities like Gwyneth Paltrow, Bella Hadid, and Kate Hudson have taken selfies wearing masks out of paranoia. No, they're doing that for attention. Look, this guy says, how am I preparing for the, for the coronavirus? Just picked up a hog from the butcher, now tucked away in freezer next to piles of beef. Another hog and cow going to butcher in a few in a few months. Grocery stores could shut down tomorrow and my family will still thrive. Men, provide and protect yours. Everyone, provide and protect yours. Do not expect that other people are going to come to your rescue when things get bad. Now, it may be fear mongering. It may be media hype. We don't know how bad this thing's going to get. Based on current trage- uh, um, models, what I've seen in these, they have these graphs showing the spread of coronavirus, it looks like it's going to be substantially worse than swine flu. Some experts are saying it will be comparable, in which case, as the disease spreads, the mortality rate actually starts to go down because we get a better track of what's happening. The first people who get the virus, unfortunately, we aren't prepared. But as we get prepared, mortality rates could start going down. That's great, great, great news. But it still means you can expect to see schools being shut down, business being shut down, checkpoints being set up and stores being depleted of goods because people are buying a year's worth of food. And guess what? 
they're not going to be any worse off for it because if this all blows over and nothing happens, all it means is they don't need to go to the grocery store for a bunch of their food for a really long time. They'll come in their basement, they'll grab tomato sauce, they'll grab a bottle of water, they'll make their spaghetti, and then when they finally run out, they'll go to the grocery store. That's the worst case scenario you have to deal with. If this is all hype, if it's all wrong, you got food to eat. I'll wrap it up there. Stick around. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes. Seriously, thanks for watching. And for everybody, I've gotten a ton of messages from people who have gone to prepare with Tim and bought stuff. I'm going to be completely honest and say I feel silly always being like, you know, buy the food. Ah. I wouldn't do it if it wasn't serious. I, I, and I, I do mean that because I've done so many videos about this stuff and I never promoted it. It may blow over. It may be nothing. I want to be completely honest. You know, you might come back to this video in a week and be like, man, that guy was an idiot. Yep, maybe I am. I went out and I bought supplies. I ordered some emergency food and I think it would be smart if you did because the worst case scenario is you eat it. I'm sorry for repeating myself, but I just know that once this all blows over, people are going to pretend like hindsight is 2020 and say, huh, turns out we didn't need that, right? Yeah, that's a great problem to have. We're all hoping that I'm wrong about all of this, that all of these people are wrong about this. And the worst case scenario is we just eat our food. I'll leave it there. I'll see you all in a few minutes in the next segment. The internal civil war in the Democratic Party is going crazy. It's getting insane. It's getting weird. Now, actually, I did a video about this, but I missed this story and I absolutely had to talk about it because, well, I got to admit it's weird. It's freaky. It's wrong, but it is kind of funny. And I'll explain why. Mediaite reports. Watch berserk Bernie Sanders fans trap woman congressional candidate in her car yelling block her in. These people are unhinged. And yes, Bernie has called them out. But come on, dude, this is your base. What are you going to do? Call literally everybody who's voting for you? Okay, figuratively, everybody's voting for you. Literally a small portion of your base, but still some of your staunchest supporters. Media reports. A group of Bernie Sanders supporters posted a video of themselves screaming at Illinois Democratic congressional candidate Betsy Dirksen Londrigan and trapping her in her car yelling Medicare for all slogans and demanding that she debate Democratic Socialist candidate Stephanie Smith. This is funny because the meme was always Ben Shapiro yelling, debate me, chasing after Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez saying, why won't you debate me? And now it's actually the progressive left surrounding a moderate screaming, debate me. But here's the kicker. I could be wrong about this, but I read that this Democratic Socialist candidate, Stephanie Smith, has two donors. Like, that's how insane it is. Okay, maybe it's not two donors, but it's something like, I don't know, I was reading a story and they said that she is a fringe far left candidate with almost no base of support, a couple of donations, that's it. And they're screaming, debate her. Why won't she debate you? Because you're a crazy person surrounding her car and screaming at her. Man, these people are nuts. On Tuesday, local CBS Capitol Bureau Chief Mark Maxwell posted a video of a group of Democratic socialists surrounding Londrigan's car, screaming, block her in, demanding Londrigan debate Smith. Oh, I love that meme. Debate me. I hate debates (laughs) and being told to stop shoving. Bizarre. Watch these Bernie bros stalk Betsy for ill. And then, oh, here's where he says it. And then surround her car last night while they shout block her in. They scream at her to debate a fringe far left candidate who only has two donors from Illinois. Okay, so I get it from Illinois. I guess this person has donations from outside the state. So why would you debate someone who's not even a member of your community? But as Maxwell noted in his report, Londrigan appeared at a forum with Smith two weeks ago and pledged to support Smith if she won. 
Betsy travels to public events across central Illinois, Illinois to hear and discuss issues like the high cost of prescription drugs that working families face every day. Londrigan's campaign manager, Jacob Plotnick, said in an email, a few aggressive individuals are not going to deter her from continuing to have important conversations with the voters of the 13th district. The video was from a Facebook live stream that was posted Monday night by a group named Where is Betsy, which describes itself by saying this page was created for the soul, the soul purpose, like the internal soul, spiritual soul of spotting Betsy Londrigan Dirksen in her travels throughout the, the Illinois 13 district. It's unclear whether sole purpose is intended as a reference to a favorite Michael Bolton bootleg. Maybe. Well, they spelled it wrong. Smith responded to the dust up by posting a video of her own, thanking the mob and praising the event as nonviolent. The Republican incumbent also issued a statement condemning the ambush and likening it to the shooting at a congressional baseball practice, saying, quote, In 2017, a Bernie supporter shot at Congressman Davis and other Republicans practicing for the congressional baseball game. Oh, wow. Was that Davis? Campaign spokesperson for incumbent Congressman Rodney Davis Ashley. Phelps wrote, since then, Congressman Davis has spoken out against this kind of violence and the harassment others have experienced, saying it shouldn't happen to anyone. He wishes more people would speak out against this kind of harassment from Bernie supporters. These people are emboldened. They are fringe. They are crazy. They are violent. They spray paint violent slogans on wall. They threaten people. I have gotten messages from Bernie bro saying, Tim, don't forget you're first against the wall. You know why? Because they think liberals are class traders and they're reformists who are inhibiting the revolution. They view Republicans as the enemy, as the fascists. Not everybody. Okay, if if you're watching this and you're and you're going like, how dare you say that about me? I'm not talking about you. I mean, maybe I am. But these fringe far lefties, these Antifa anarchist communist types, well, the ones who pretend to be anarchists, they all claim that they're fighting the good fight. But what a lot of liberals don't seem to get, and and hopefully they don't reap what they have sown because this is nightmarish. They don't get is that they come first. These academics, these celebrities that say, yes, yes, we want this socialism. You know who the, who, who the mobs go after first? The, the, the party that gains power in a socialist regime isn't going to go after the fascists like you claim. Yes, some for sure. They go after you, the woke celebrity that allowed this to grow and become what it is. You know why? Was it the Trump supporters that fomented revolution that allowed you to come to power, you know, in the, com- the, the communists and socialists? No, it was the liberal intelligentsia. It was the upper class college degree educated elite who make six figure salaries who fomented a revolution. So when the party comes into power, guess who they have to get rid of? The people who know how to foment a revolution, which is you, Hollywood elite celebrities who go on Twitter and say stupid woke things for woke points that contradict themselves every other day. The funniest thing I think about a lot of these ultra woke far lefty types on Twitter and like high profile personalities is that they'll tweet something, you know, and then six months later, they'll tweet contradictory, you know, they'll, they'll tweet one thing and then they'll just tweet literally whatever they think people want to hear. So you have a whole bunch of these lunatics surrounding cars screaming at people because they're coming for you, Betsy. Or is that her name? Is her name? Her name is, is, is Betsy Dirksen Londrigan. They are going to come and surround you. In 2016, at the political conventions, the far left didn't show up to the RNC and scream about Republicans. They showed up to the DNC and screamed about the liberals. They spray painted on a wall in Berkeley, liberals get the bullet too. 
you know who their first target is. Now, they don't like Trump supporters. They say that Trump supporters are fascists, but they, they aren't going after Trump supporters. Why didn't they surround the car of the Republicans screaming, debate me? They're going after the moderates. They're going after the liberals because the liberals are in their way. They want to seize those institutions, gain more power. They are doing it. And then they want to, they'll, they'll come for the Republicans last. So I think this is what's truly funny about this. These people are calling for a new system. And you have Bernie Sanders, which is a net negative economic policy. Trump, was, Trump, which is a net positive economic policy. I'm not praising either. I'm just saying what they are. Bernie Sanders' revolution is a negative one. It will result in suffering. Donald Trump's message is a positive one. That worst case scenario will result in suffering. See, what Donald Trump is offering is he's going to fix the economy, make America great again. I'm not saying he can. I'm not saying he's honest. And I'm not saying I support him in his message. What I'm saying is when he comes out and says, I'm going to bring back jobs, I'm going to increase your wages, I'm going to bolster the economy and you will see all of these great things. That's a positive message. Bernie Sanders is talking about redistribution. Bernie Sanders isn't saying I'm going to bolster the economy and help, you know, make America great so that your wages will go up. He's saying, I'm going to issue a government mandate to redistribute existing wages into a minimum wage increase. Again, negative and positive doesn't mean good and bad. What I'm saying is Bernie is talking about taking what exists and spreading it around, resulting in a negative for most people. More taxes, for instance. Over time, there may be a balancing of the budget, like a reduction in costs for health care. Trump is talking about taking everyone where they are right, right, right now, tax cuts, everybody gets a little bit more money, jo- uh, you know, more jobs, more economic growth, everybody makes more money, more jobs, like, you know, business booms. And therein lies the, the, the real challenge for America. It seems like there are a lot of people, at least in my opinion, or you know, let, me, let me put it this way, I'll step outside of America. From what I've seen with protests, chaos, conflict, etc., most protests I've seen that, uh, are, 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 well, how can I say this? When people live below the, pop, the, the median income, they tend to be leftist. When they live slightly above, they tend to be right wing. Now, it's true that the woke left who are surrounding cars and screaming at Democrats tend to be progressive activists who make around $100,000 a year. Those are the thought leaders who are rallying people. So there certainly is that weird like odd group out. But when I was in Venezuela, it was the rich people protesting because the leftist government was taking their property. So while they made a lot of money, they were having everything taken from them and it made them angry. So if you have people who are above median, they think, hey, the system's working for me. If they're below median, they're saying the system isn't working for me. I demand change. Right now, the economy is great and most people are doing well enough that I think they don't care about this stuff. So I'll I'll wrap wrap it up with this. Why do you think they're surrounding the Democrat and screaming at her and not the Republican? Because their issue isn't with Donald Trump or the Republicans, though they may say it. Their issue is with liberals. Their issue is with reformists who don't want a revolution either. And if they can take control of the left, it will give them much more legitimacy in the eyes of the public. If they can take the majority, they can force the liberals to agree with them and not the other way around. The real fight right now is between the is, is within the left. That's why the Democrats are in a civil war. They are trying to shut out the moderates, the regular center leftists who want reform and instill their ideology. Then they'll come for Republicans. I'll leave it there. Stick around. Next video is coming up in a few minutes and I will see you all shortly. I think the debate over voter roll cleanup is really, really interesting 
because you need to do it. But there is an opportunity to exploit the system to remove legitimate voters so that they can't vote. They didn't know they were removed. In New York, I can't remember exactly which election it was, but several people I knew, I think it was the, it may have been the primary, it may have been Bernie. I know a ton of people who were posting and sharing with me on Facebook that they, were, they had been removed from voter rolls and they were really, really angry because now they weren't allowed to vote. And now we have this story from Fox News. Group threatens lawsuits over suspiciously high voter registration rates in swing states. I hope you're ready for November because this is going to get bonkers. Fox News reports exclusive. Voters in Florida, Michigan, and Colorado are threatening to sue their states after an independent organization discovered that each has counties with unusually high voter registration rates. In some cases, they found more registered voters than actual people eligible to vote. Now, hold on. (laughs) That could be explained. Um, Sometimes people register and then they move. Sometimes people die and they're still on the voter rolls, which is why voter roll cleanup is so important. I think we saw a story, it may have been from Project Veritas, where some dude admitted that he had registered to vote in like Florida or something and then moved to New York. I can't remember the exact states. Voted in both because each state didn't know he was, he was registered. You can't do that. It's a crime. I think that guy got in trouble for it. But when, people, when, when Republicans go to clean up voter rolls, you see Democrats then complain they're trying to suppress the vote. I'm not going to sit here and believe who's accusing who. who. The problem then becomes, if you got dead people on the voter rolls, you got to remove them, right? If you got people who aren't citizens, you got to remove them. And that's happened. Let's read more. They say the data was compiled by the Honest Elections Project, a new nonprofit organization that blames the seemingly implausible statistics on a failure of states to properly update voter rolls to account for people moving, dying, or being incarcerated. There you go. Like I just said. The group examined publicly available registration records and compared it with citizen voting age data from the U.S. Census Bureau, describing the figures as suspiciously high. All three states have multiple counties where voter registration exceeded 90 percent. In some cases, they exceed 100 percent. In the last election in 2018, the nationwide registration rate, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, was 66.9 percent. That disparity is a clear sign these states aren't maintaining accurate voter rolls, said Jason Sneed, executive director of the Honest Elections Project. Sneed was formerly a, se- formerly a senior policy analyst at the Conservative Heritage Foundation. Fox News reached out to each state secretary or state's office, but none immediately responded. The organization's findings reveal that 27 counties in Florida have voter registration rates above 90 percent, well above the national average, and seven counties with rates higher than 100 percent. Michigan had 18 counties above 90% and one above 100%. Colorado had 19 counties above 90 and five above 100%. Now I'll say this. If you got a county above 100%, yet that's probably wrong and you should go in there and clean up those voter rolls. 90%, however, while I do think it's very likely you've got some, you know, bad voter registration information that need to be cleaned up, it is also possible and don't let your hubris block, hubris block you, that people are extremely riled up for their candidate and want to shut yours down. Florida, for instance, why would they have so many counties with, with rates above 90%? Could it be that Bernie Sanders praised Cuban dictator Fidel Castro over his, I'm doing air quotes here, literacy programs, which are actually like indoctrination and re-education programs? 
Could it be that in some states people absolutely hate Donald Trump? Or could it be they absolutely love Donald Trump? Now, regardless of what the reason is, I think there's grounds to call for a cleanup. I am not. Here's the, here's the problem Democrats have. You can't get me to immediately assume that just because someone's doing voter roll cleanup, they're doing it to suppress votes. And then if you, and then if you tell me that you've got voter rolls with dead people on it and you want to clean it up, well, that sounds reasonable. So the burden is on Democrats to prove malice when Republicans aren't even accusing Democrats of malice. Now, some Trump supporters do accuse Democrats of, vote, of registering dead people, sure. But it's easier for Republicans. They only need to say voter roll cleanup is normal. We need to get rid of people who have moved, particularly if they've moved. That's the most important thing. People who are dead, look, they can't vote. They're dead. Someone might try and vote in their name because they don't need an ID that I understand, but I don't, I don't, I'm not worried about that. What is a problem is if someone registers to vote in you know, Florida, then moves to Ohio and registers again, and Florida doesn't know, and they vote twice, that can and has happened. That's why you need voter roll cleanup. Now, if you're concerned about voter suppression, then, then be involved. Do a bipartisan thing. I don't know what to tell you, man, but you, the burden is on you to prove it. They say in 2016 election, Hillary Clinton won Colorado by a relatively slim margin of 2.8%. President Trump won Florida by 1.3% and Michigan by just 0.4%. The observations led voters in each state to warn their respective secretaries of state that keeping ineligible voters on the rolls leaves the states vulnerable to improper activity during November's election. That warning came in the form of letters sent on their behalf from attorney William Consovoy, who has represented Trump in a number of matters. Retaining voter rolls bloated with ineligible voters harms the electoral process, heightens the risk of electoral fraud, and undermines public confidence in elections, the letter said. Consovoy noted that the National Voter Registration Act requires states to keep accurate voter rolls and provide for individuals to notify their states and then sue if action is not taken within 90 days, which the voters intend to do if necessary. Quote, we ask that you establish if one has not already been initiated, a comprehensive and non-discriminatory list maintenance program in compliance with federal law, the letters each say. They call for the states to remove from their list of voters everyone who is ineligible because they moved, died, were incarcerated, or other reasons. The voters also requested that the states inform them of what measures they are taking to make these arguments in time for November's election. The practice of removing names from voter rolls has led to intense controversy and legal battles in numerous states. A Wisconsin court recently put that, the, that, uh, that state's voter roll purge on hold, as opponents argued the effort was targeted, the, the effort targeted voters in Democratic areas in a bid to suppress turnout. The ACLU says cleaning up voter rolls can be a responsible exercise, but some states have used it as a method of mass disenfranchisement, purging eligible voters from rolls or illegitimate reason for Ill- illegitimate reasons or based on inaccurate data and often without adequate notice to the voters. Now, the GOP isn't going to sit back and let whatever it is happen, happen. We're seeing people formerly with the Heritage Foundation threatening to sue. We now have this story. GOP chairwoman suggests RNC plans to get litigious over push for national popular vote. Ronna McDaniel is coming out guns blazing, saying those who want to get rid of the Electoral College will face a legal challenge from them because it would be disastrous for our country. And I happen to agree. Uh, reporting for the Hill, from the Hill, RNC Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel said Thursday that she plans on being litigious in response to the national popular vote movement, saying, quote, I, or, I'm sorry, wait, yeah, okay. 
I think it is devastating to our country to get rid of the electoral vote. This is what the founding, uh, this is what the founders intended for every state to have representation. McDaniel told attendees at the conservative political action conference during a panel with Ted Cruz. Stay tuned because the RNC is not going to let this go. And there's something coming. Let me just say I have an intention to be the most litigious chair in history. I think what Democrats have done systematically to take away our rights to rig the election system and and this to take away our votes, our electoral college votes, and have California and New York dictate who the next president of the United States is. Cruz said that he would, Cruz said that the push would probably be unconstitutional. McDaniel's comments come as leaders of the group, conservatives for yes on national popular vote, look to inform other conservatives about the movement at the conference. Many conservatives are skeptical of the popular vote, given that Hillary Clinton won the popular vote in 2016, while Trump won the Electoral College. However, the movement's leaders say that this agreement would not abolish the Electoral College. The electoral system would still be used, but electors would be distributed based on the national popular vote instead of the state's popular vote in the winner-take-all method. So right now we can see we've got two efforts mostly, uh, we got these efforts mostly by conservatives. While the Democrats are concerned the system is being rigged against them, conservatives are concerned the system is being rigged against, rigged, rigged against them. I'm just going to have to, I'm, I'm going to say this about the Electoral College, and we can wrap this one up, call it an early day. The Electoral College does weigh votes in a, in a different way. Like Wyoming technically has more value to their vote. Let's be real, though. California has you know, substantially more, more than 10 times the electoral votes. What do they have, like 53? And Wyoming has, what, three? So the issue is that many, many people keep moving to California and New York. But the reason why abolishing the electoral, co- the electoral college is stupid is that what if a ton of people leave California? They are. They're moving to Texas. They're moving to Colorado and Arizona. So then what? You're going to do the national popular vote. People are going to move into conservative, you know, districts and start being, you know, surrounded by more conservatives, adopting more conservative values. And then your state loses its power. It could be that this is the reason why they're pushing for the popular vote, because if people leave California and California loses power and these liberals move to conservative states, the conservative states maintain those votes, if not gain more, and the state goes red. Ultimately, I think the Electoral College is an important check on making sure that California doesn't have disproportionate power, that the majority doesn't vote away the rights of the minority, and that sometimes it means a minority president wins like Trump or Bush. And yeah, I don't know what else to tell you. But California was only blue since 92. I believe it was 1992. So, so don't change the rules because you're having a knee-jerk reaction to losing one election. You're nuts if you do. I'll leave it there. Stick around. Next segment will be tomorrow at 10 a.m. Podcast every day at 6.30 p.m. And I will see you all then.